Good morning. Welcome. Come and go back to your seats. Be plenty of time to chat after. Big welcome to those who are joining us from home. In case you don't know who I am, I'm Jared. I'm one of the pastors here at LBC, and it's so good to share with you again this morning. I'm just going to praise the Heavenly Father. We thank you for this great opportunity to be here and to share. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So I hope you had a great Easter. I hope it wasn't too much of an eventful week. For some people it may have been, but hopefully it's too, not too much of an eventful week. As we shared last week, the Easter message isn't just something we celebrate once a year, but it's something that we celebrate every day. We have an eternal and abundant life through Jesus. And because of his death and resurrection, we now live new lives. Isn't that such wonderful news? And sometimes with Easter passages, we also can just leave for Easter. But they are also important to continue to reflect on, especially the events after the resurrection, because Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples, encouraging them. Then once those 40 days were finished, he ascended to heaven. So we're just going to look at that for a minute. Acts 1, 9 to 11. So if you want to follow along in your Bibles, we'll be up on the screen. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here, starting into heaven, staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And what an encouraging verse that is, especially the last part, he has ascended to heaven but will someday return. As encouraging as this is, before his ascension, he shared some amazing words. And last week we looked at the words of Jesus before his crucifixion, the words of Jesus after the resurrection. And today, continuing on that, we're going to look at the words of Jesus before the ascension, his imparting words. We're going to look at the words Jesus spoke right before the ascension, the last words of Jesus recorded in all four Gospels and Acts. Because the parting words we tend to use are pertinent and very important words, words that we want people to remember. Maybe it's an important message or words of encouragement. So the words that you might use when you leave the house in the morning, they might be important words. You might tell your spouse or the people you live with not to forget the milk. Or if you're going away on holiday, you might leave instructions not to forget to feed the cat or the dog. Or when you, say good, when you say God bless or I love you or take care when you get off that phone call, our parting words tend to mean something. So the words Jesus said to his disciples as he left, we need to pay special attention to. And they're not just for the disciples, but they're for us too. So as we come out of the Easter season... This is going to spend a little bit of time before we start our next series, Developing a Spiritual Heart, spending some time looking at these words and what they may mean for us now, because they're important. The first one we're going to look at is in Acts 1, verse 8. So if you want to turn to that, that would be great. 
Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this is the overall theme of Jesus' parting words. He is calling us to be outward focused, and the Holy Spirit will equip and empower us for this. So his last words are our first priority. We are to live lives empowered by the Holy Spirit and boldly take the good news in word and deed to the world around us, be it to those we know, those locally in our community, nationally or globally. And sometimes we can think of missions, I don't know about you, but sometimes throughout my life I've thought about missions just being an overseas thing. But missions is here too. Missions is an everyday thing as well. Missions is about going, and Jesus encourages his followers to do that. And here at LBC, we get that in all the ways we do that. I haven't been here very long. As you know, but I love it, this is a church, and that gets that. We partner with missions overseas as well as locally, and the things that run out of a church to impact and serve a local community. Now, mission statement, inspiring people to follow Jesus is all about being outward focused. I love how that ties in with being a witness in Acts 1.8. As sometimes we can overcomplicate these things. We have to be something we are not or be forceful. But inspiring is about firstly that we have been inspired. We're sharing what God has done for us. As witnesses, we are simply sharing what we have witnessed And what an amazing thing we have witnessed and experienced in our own life, the transforming power of God's grace. And key is here, as this verse explains, this isn't done on our own, but this is something that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. It's such an encouragement we aren't doing this in our own power. And we can see 2,000 or so years later, we are testimony of that from a small group of disciples And this message continued to grow and grow and grow. And 2,000 or so years later, we are talking about it today on the other side of the world. Sometimes reaching out is hard, especially to those closest. But that's where Samaria is worth highlighting. Samaria wasn't only the next-door neighbour to Judea, but also the place that was culturally and relationally different to the disciples. So right now... You might have someone who might be right close to you in proximity, but there is a barrier. It might be a family member or a neighbour or a co-worker, someone physically close but relationally distant. This verse is a reminder that we will see these barriers broken down and he empowers us to do this, to share this hope even in this situation. Praise God. So the next one we're going to go to is now in Matthew. So Matthew 28, verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So it's going to focus on the first part of that. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. So follows the Great Commission about going with the importance of teaching to obey the commands. The good news goes hand in hand with obedience, as we don't just hear it, but we follow it. 
we are called to grow in discipleship, to grow in his likeness, to grow in Christ's likeness. So next week, all going to plan, we'll be starting a new series, Developing a Spiritual Heart, which is all about that. So earlier this year, Josh and John Jenks and myself met to pray and discuss where God was take, taking us and the theme for this year, and this is a theme that came out, and starting next week we'll be unpacking what this looks like for us as a church. At the end of the year, I hope is that we'll see growth in these areas. So I'll just have the next slide up and we'll show you the four areas we're going to be looking at. The first one is the quality of your personal time with God. Developing a spiritual heart. Quality of your personal time with God. How do you spend time with Jesus? And does it increase your faith in Jesus? Number two, growth in maturity as seen through evidence of a fruit of a spirit. So we talked about that a bit earlier on. But we want to see growth in maturity as seen through evidence of a fruit of a spirit. Are you becoming more like Jesus? And is it evident through the expression of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? The third point, the third thing we want to see growth in is action when God asks us to do something. So when you hear the Holy Spirit nudging you to act, how do you respond? And the fourth one is the ability to sit in another person's narrative. Can you sit in another person's story? So that's the first part, and that can be sort of easy. But the next part is where it can be challenging, challenging without trying to fix them, judge them, or ignore their struggle. So we're going to look at this at home, church, workplace, in the family, imparting into the next generation, also where things are at right now. So it's exciting, isn't it? It's also challenging as well. So as we prepare, what might God be speaking to you about these areas? In your heart. Even in the little things. Because the little things are where it starts. Matthew 28 verse 20 continues, And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is the second part of that verse, which is so important, especially as we step out with him, as we look at developing a spiritual heart and journeying with him. Because he is with us through that process, and he is with us in our journeys, even to the end of the age. He was with the disciples at a time of uncertainty. As he ascended, he was absent in body, but he was present with them in spirit. In the uncertainties we might face, through the difficulties we might face, God is with us. There is so much comfort in that. Last week, I spoke about those who might be facing a season of transition. And this word speaks to that also. It might be a transition in work, in family, in stage of life, whatever it is. You know, it can be hard sometimes. Sometimes we want to go back. Sometimes we want to stop even. But there is great comfort knowing that God is with us as we step out with him. Just as he was with the disciples as they faced a new world. 
For me personally, last year was a time of transition. As I stepped out of a church I'd been in ministry for over 17 years, it was scary at times, especially as I look back now and as for my family as well as we left familiarity, including a community I've been in for a long time, as well as a denomination I'd grown in ministry in. And it was unknown what was next, but there was a sense in trusting that God was with us. And it led to here, which was so good. So if you are facing a time of transition, just want to encourage you that God is with you as you step out. So no matter what you might be facing, there is so much comfort in knowing that God is with us. So the next one we're going to go to is Mark 16, 17 to 18. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they'll be healed. So these words speak of authority. How he has given us authority and equipped and empowered us for the task ahead. Sometimes as believers, we can face situations and circumstances that make us want to give up. Feel so full on, but it's such a reminder, this verse is, of the authority that God's given us. Not just to stand in our circumstances, but to advance. Whether it's the things going on in the world around us, whatever might be going on for us personally, God's given us authority. We don't have to fear because God is for us. Who can be against us? And a reminder today, especially if you might be facing circumstances that are full on, that God is with you. It's a reminder for us that we can respond in prayer as well. For us as churches, we do so many wonderful things. We give, we care, we serve. But one of the things that we do that has especially been mandated to us is to pray. We respond in prayer. And as we pray, there is a shift in the atmosphere around and also our own heart. You know, often we can be worried about our family, our loved ones, our own situation. But especially our family and our loved ones. And we can be burdened by those things. But instead, I encourage you to give it to the Lord in prayer and thank him and see him at work. I have many stories, as you probably do, of how I've responded in prayer and also how I didn't respond in prayer and I should have. One story that stands out to me, how I did respond in prayer with a group of people. I was at band practice at my church that I was at many years ago and a young person came with a prayer request about concern for a friend. This friend was having lots of trouble at school and they weren't sure what was going to happen to this friend. So we stopped band practice and we just prayed for this friend. The next day, surprising to us but not surprising to God, this friend came to the youth group I was running and he responded to the message that was given and gave his heart to the Lord. Fast forward 15 or so years later, this friend is now a pastor. The trajectory of his life completely changed. And I'm sure there was some rough things, rough road in that, of that time of transformation. But the trajectory of his life completely changed. But I think how it started with that prayer. I often think about that story of how I should respond to things. Do I respond with prayer? 
The next verse we're going to go to is in John, Gospel of John, 21, verse 22. If I want him to remain until uh, remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So this one seems a little bit out of place compared to all the others. Slightly different as John doesn't mention the ascension. But the last words of Jesus recorded in here are still so important. It's also different as it's not a conversation with a whole group, but it's a one-on-one conversation. Conversation between Jesus and Peter. Jesus talking to Peter and commissioning him and telling him about his life ahead and his ultimate death. Peter then asks about the other disciple, who is John, and Jesus says these words. And it's a reminder to Peter that the other disciple's story is his story. It's between him and Jesus, and Peter doesn't need to worry about that, but he just needs to follow Jesus. It's such a strong reminder to us to not compare to other people or compare our walks and journey with them, but instead keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Also find this comforting, as you might, as sometimes we can get worried about people, especially our loved ones. This verse reminds us that our loved one's story is their story. It's not ours. And just like our story, God has it sorted. He has their story sorted too. A while back, I was particularly concerned about someone close to me and their future. I felt secure in mine, but I was concerned for them, and I found myself feeling like Peter. What about them? But the Lord reminded me of this verse, that just as he has written my story, he has written theirs too, and to entrust them into his care. And this verse might be particularly helpful, as you might be worried about a loved one, and I encourage you to give it over to the Lord. So we're going to finish with Luke 24, 49. And now I send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. For the disciples, they were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. We see 10 days later, as they waited, that promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. For us, these words are a reminder that this has been fulfilled. The Holy Spirit has been sent and filled us with power from heaven and bringing about, he brings about Christ-likeness in our own lives. It's also a reminder that the Lord keeps his promises and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we are waiting for things to be fulfilled in our life, which many of us are, that we can rest in him. Patience is not just about the ability to wait, but how you act while you're waiting. We can see from the disciples that they did that well. They prayed, they trusted, even in times of uncertainty. And it's a lesson for us to abide with him, to spend time with him as he prepares our heart for what might be next. I love in Isaiah 40 verse 31, which might be a scripture you might be familiar with, that those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Or other translations have those who wait on the Lord, or those who hope in him, those who rest in his grace. So as we trust in God, as we wait in God, as we rest in him, we will find a new strength. 
Waiting is also about God's timing too. When I look back at the Easter passages, I see God's timing all the way through it. And that's the same for our own life and the things that we're waiting for. God has it all sorted in his timing. So as I come to a close today, which of those imparting words might he be speaking to you about? Is it to reach out? Is it to step out in obedience to prepare your heart? Is it to take great strength to know that he is with you or whatever you might face? To stand in authority and prayer that he's given you? To look to him or to rest in him? His words bring life, not only to us but those around. Take comfort in these imparting words as we grow in his likeness make his last words our first priority as we inspire people to follow Jesus. This is especially important in this current season we're all in, in the world, our communities and those around. They need that message of hope that can only be found in Jesus that he calls us to bring. And he is with us even to the end of the age. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great strength and encouragement and hope we find in your word. Help us to continue to look to you. Help us to continue to stand, Lord, in prayer. Help us to continue to reach out and draw strength from you. And thank you, Father, that you are with us. No matter what else is going on in the world around. And you give us great strength and great hope. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.